Hello, everyone. Welcome to Beyond Sunday at Bethlehem, a podcast created to go beyond the Sunday service experience at Bethlehem Church, exploring some of the deeper questions of our faith, offering additional content from behind the scenes from the cutting room floor. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm Angela Buckland, and as always, I am beyond excited to host today's episode. Hello, everyone. This is Angela with Beyond Sunday. Today's podcast episode is called Caring for Our Caregivers, dedicated to those who spend their days caring for loved ones. Now, this is a heavy topic, but an important one for our church. As many of us are getting ready to celebrate the holidays with our loved ones, there are many in our church who will be caring for loved ones, which can make this already busy holiday season especially challenging. We hope that this episode is meaningful and helpful to you that you feel seen and loved and heard. We are praying for you and we love you. Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of Beyond Sunday. Today, we are so excited to bring to you an episode that is highlighting groups once again, And we wanted to take time to highlight a really special uh, group um, that we offer here at Bethlehem Church um, to a a community of people that is serving and giving, and uh, it's a really challenging job. And so we just wanted to highlight caregivers, specifically those who are caregiving parents, aging parents, elderly parents, parents that are dealing with sickness. And we have some of our group leaders here today with us that we wanted to uh, to just give them a chance to speak to the the job, the challenges of this job, the rewards of this job. Kevin is here with me. Hello. And we have with us today uh, members of Bethlehem Church and friends of ours, and uh, we're going to hear from them in just a second. We have Kimberly Swanson, Kathy Bird, and Connie Poteet. And ladies, why don't you tell our listeners who you are and kind of a little bit about yourselves. Kimberly, you want to start? Um, Sure. My name's Kimberly, as you mentioned, and my husband, Todd, and I have been here at Bethlehem Church for 13 years. Um, We have three teenagers. Their ages are 18, 14, and 17. Um, We both grew up relatively locally with a lot of family around us. Um, I grew up very close to my mom's family. Most of my aunts, uncles, grandparents lived within across the street from us. Um, So as a young child, family was very important to me. It was very much a part of our lives. Um, And I watched my grandmother care for her parents, care for her mother-in-law. It just kind of seemed like the thing that you did. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was always comfortable around older people and just watched my mom and my grandmother be caregivers. So that very much came naturally to me. Um, Once we had children, I was a stay-at-home mom, so I've been primarily a stay-at-home mom for 18-plus years now. So my husband's parents also lived locally. He has a sibling that lives out of state, um, but he has a a smaller family. So about five years ago, we started noticing signs of dementia in my father-in-law, especially, Mm. um, and some things with my mother-in-law. And it was kind of an investigative process because they were very private and independent and they covered a lot of each other's behaviors and symptoms. Hmm. So for instance, if bills weren't getting paid, we didn't know if she was not paying them, if she didn't have that cognitive ability anymore. Um, But what we actually found out was he was hiding them. So Hmm. she would write out the checks, have it ready to mail, and then he would put it away. 
So um, there were just lots of behaviors that we started noticing they needed help with. And they would call me because they trusted me and they knew I was at home. So that was probably in 2017. So it started out as just helping them around the house, helping them with financial things. Um, And then it just increased in my level of caring for them. Yeah. Um, we started noticing my father-in-law had not been changing his clothes mm. um, or taking care of hygiene. Mm-hmm. And so I would have conversations with my husband and I said, we've got to do something. And so we would talk to my mother-in-law and she would just kind of say, well, he's a grown man. He can take a bath, but he wasn't. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of had to roll up my sleeves and figure out, okay, how do we do this? Yeah, And um I equated it almost to taking care of my children and not in a demeaning way to them, but, um, and we learned through other resources and individuals who had been through it that he just simply couldn't remember the steps for showering. I might tell him, go in there and take a shower, but he could not remember the steps and what that meant. So I had to just start small. And just do simple routines. Like the first time I helped him, I just simply washed his feet, changed his socks and his shoes. Mm -hmm. And that was better than what had been done for weeks or months. Um, And he was aggressive. He would yell at me and sling things around. Um, He didn't know why I wanted him to change his pants or his shirt. Um, And I would just calmly remind him, this is what we're going to do. And I just Mm -hmm. had a routine of it. And um, so just... I built his trust, even though he knew who I was. And he had always been very old fashioned. Like I remembered when my babies were born and I would be nursing them. He would leave the room. I mean, he was just that type of, you know, very old fashioned, very private, very respectful man. So for his daughter-in-law to take on the task of helping him change his clothes um, was very confusing to Mm -hmm. him. But also um, it was just a very humbling process. Right. Um, But I also saw God answer so many prayers through that Um, because it became our routine. Once a week, I would just help him, you know, doing the best I could to just help him change his clothes, comb his hair, shave, those sort of things. And even when he'd gotten to the point where he couldn't even really carry on a conversation, there was one day where I was sitting in the bathroom floor, putting his socks and shoes on him, and he just looked me straight in the eyes and said, Thank you for what you do. Not a lot of people would do that, but I like the way you do it. And thank you. Wow. And I just felt like that was directly from the Lord because I was just struggling with, does anybody even see what I'm doing? Does it even matter? Yeah. Um, So then I cared for him mostly at home for about a year at their home. Mm -hmm. Um, And we had weighed lots of different situations trying to determine what was the best for them we still had younger children in the home right um so we ended up moving both of my in-laws into memory care mm-hmm. um and so then i became the go-to you know i was the one in and out making yeah. sure they had everything they needed there um and they were there for a year and that had a whole different level of challenges sure um My father-in-law especially was in the ER constantly for fall risk. Um, And the level of care in those types of facilities is not skilled nursing. Mm -hmm. So their protocol is if they fall, 
they're going to the emergency room. So that season was a whole different thing. And then he eventually progressed to nursing home care for a year yeah. until he passed away. Wow. That's a long, a long journey for you guys, for sure. Yeah. You guys tell us your story, Connie and Kathy. Well, I'm Connie. Um, <clears throat> I have um, I have a husband and four grandchildren, so I'm a grandmother, a little bit older. Uh, teenagers are gone. Um, we, Our father passed away about seven years ago, and well, eight years ago, and he told us then that you don't realize what your mom's doing. She's asking me the same thing over and over all the time, and we're like, well, it's just aging. You know, it's part of aging, and her doctor said the same thing because mm-hmm. we asked, and then when he passed away and we were with mom every single day, we started seeing a lot, a lot of changes. Um, she didn't have a whole lot of emotions. Um, she sold the house. She did every, we should have known the first week because she just started giving everything away and it just wasn't your typical grieving reactions. Mm-hmm. And, um, but she ended up, um, living with me and, um, Kathy would come stay with her a lot, especially when I went to work and, um, we just literally watched her die before us mentally. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, the physical death came later. But um, <clears throat> it's one of the hardest jobs I've ever had. Yeah. You know, and I thought I thought overcoming addictions and a lot of other things I've overcome was hard. But to take care of your mom and to watch her become a toddler mm-hmm. because they regress. They're no longer an adult. They can't make decisions um, with Alzheimer's and um, vascular dementia. Mom had had many strokes which caused the vascular you know it was it was a it was a journey yeah you know? had a lot of support <clears throat> from family mm-hmm. and a few friends you know it's about three years ago it was away for connie's birthday and we realized mom was sick then and from that day till she passed away we took turns staying with her for several months at her home yeah. and we're like we had husbands at home you know, we couldn't just keep going back and forth and back and forth. Connie worked during the day. I'd be there in the day. She'd come over there at night. So we still had families, our bills, our responsibilities at our own home, plus all her responsibilities. And Connie and her husband come up, well, we have, you know, extra room in our house. And we got it all fixed up, handicap accessible, and got her a, a good bed. And so she stayed with Connie and lived there and had real good setup there we thought oh she'll be excited we'll have her den but she never wanted to be out of your sight mm-hmm. yeah. so if we were in the living room she wanted to, she didn't want to run den mm-hmm. and so connie was there and i'd stayed in the afternoons and connie had her at night and in the mornings i'd say i'm coming over for coffee in the morning oh good you know <laughs> every day was a new day yeah. you know it's just a new day every day but that was hard you know mm-hmm. watching um circle of life, you know, right. Matata, that Lion King, you know, you see it's hard. It's, I think it's harder with a parent because then you can, you're always the boss of your children, right. you know, but when it's your parent, they're supposed to be the boss of you. And then you've got to make their decisions for them. Yeah. You have to do what's best and you have to tell them when it's bedtime, you know, it's hard. Yeah. Wow. So, and for our listeners, uh, Connie and Kathy are sisters um, so you two, what a blessing that you yes, had each other was. to kind of tag team. Kimberly, were you kind of primarily doing the caregiving on your own? Yes. Yeah. Um, yes, because Todd worked full time. Yeah. I was the go-to. Sure. Um, and I 
was the more financially minded one also. Um, So I had already been helping my mother-in-law with all of her finances and just managing all of that. Um, And just being a mom for so long, I knew their birth dates. I knew their medical allergies. Like, you know, I could just rattle all that off. Um, So, yeah, I was definitely the one that was the primary. So talk about, um, obviously, being alone in that. Talk about, um, and and this is for everybody, but talk about some of the most challenging. What was the most challenging part of caregiving for you? Um, Well, there were a couple of things. Yes, there was just being alone, Um, feeling torn. For me, I was torn between my children and caregiving, Mm -hmm. and my husband was torn between his job and caregiving. Mm -hmm, Right. And I specifically remember one day I had gone to the memory care center or just before lunchtime um, just to visit them and check in and that sort of thing. And um, the doctor had called me while I was there and said that my father-in-law, they were trying to get his medications regulated. So they wanted him to go to a psychiatric facility for inpatient monitoring. And she said they have a bed open in Lawrenceville, you need to take him now to the ER, get him medically cleared. It shouldn't take long. Um, And I said, well, okay. So I loaded him up, took him to Lawrenceville to the emergency room. And I was there for over 15 hours. Whoa. My phone was dead. I had not eaten. And I was by myself in an emergency room with this elderly man. And I could not leave him even to go to the vending machine. And I mean, just feeling utterly alone. Mm -hmm. And I know it was hard on my husband being at home, knowing I was there with his dad and he couldn't do anything. Um, but just really feeling so utterly alone. Yeah. Um, and in those moments being thankful, just praying for God to send me some hope. And Mm -hmm. one of the nurses at like two in the morning had asked me, could she get me anything? And I said, well, I'm just really hungry. You know, and so she brought me like a sack lunch that they have there. And I was, I've never been more grateful (laughs) for a sack lunch in my life. But um, just, you know, moments like that when you feel torn, but you're, I mean, you're having to meet a very real need for your loved one. Kimberly, I'm also, when you were talking about the, you know, washing your, your father-in-law's feet, I'm just, that was such a picture of Jesus and being the hands and feet of Jesus, washing someone's feet. And I, I mean, that, that has to be rewarding in, in, you know, even though it is challenging, it's also rewarding at the same time. Um, Connie and Kathy talk about, uh, for you, even though you had each other and it was, a uh, you know, great to rely on each other. What was, what was the most challenging thing about caregiving for you? Um, the hard part was watching your mom who was your mom, know everything and be a brilliant woman, Mm -hmm. a hard worker her whole life, not know anything. Yeah. That that was hard and challenging. And then there's days where there would be the same question Mm -hmm. over and over. Are you married? Why didn't you tell me you were married? Do you have kids? Are you married? Why didn't you tell me you were married? Over. And I'd say 100 times a day sometimes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that was a struggle. Like, you, you try your, be so patient. Mm-hmm. You know, and after a while, it's like, Mom, you've got one more question, and then you're done. <laughs> it's like, no more questions. Yeah. But it's hard watching a parent go, you know, from 100 to zero in a matter of 
time, you know. Mm -hmm. It's tough. Yeah. Connie, how about you? Was that um, similar for you? Yeah, it was similar. And um, it, the the hard part was the people that disappeared. Mm. You know, you, you still had, we still had some support. But there was people, my, my mother went to the same church for years, had the same Sunday school class for years. None of them came around. Yeah. None of them. One, mm. her best friend came around. And it was just like they forgot about her. It's mm. like she's still in there. Yeah. You know, she still needs people. And I would tell them, you know, mom would love to have some company. You mm -hmm. know? So the only company she really had was us, family, and but she didn't want us out of her sight. That was hard, too, because yeah. you couldn't go to the bathroom and she'd be, you know, on the door. I'd be in the shower and she'd come in there and or where you going? And need to know something, you know. <laughs> yeah. and the thing <laughs> that is, is like a child. That's it exactly is. Like mm -hmm. a, yeah. And with Kathy and the marriage, she didn't know Kathy was married. She still thought Kathy was a little girl. and. Mm. Why isn't she home? And she's going to be in trouble when she gets home. And yeah. And I've been married 40 her. years. <laughs> you're already in trouble for you. You're in trouble. That's right. Mom's coming for you. <laughs> she didn't know you were married. Yeah. But those were so real to them. Yeah. You know, and to us, the, the patience level. Um, I remember having, I, I do a um, um, support group with another group of caregivers with Alzheimer's and he would say, this is going to give you patience. I'm like, I don't pray for patience. <laughs> don't want I don't want yeah, patience. I didn't ask for you know, this. I don't, this isn't a matter of patient thing because every minute was different. Yeah. When you're dealing with Alzheimer's, it, it is one way, vascular dementia is the other way. So some days it was like being a yo-yo on a roller coaster. Mm. Every minute it changed. Yeah. So you didn't know what was coming. So you couldn't prepare and and you had to get into their world. We had to tell fiddlers. We would have to never lie lied to so much in yeah. our life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You told not to honor your mom and dad. Here we are lying to you, you know. But you, but you had, where's your dad at? I haven't seen your dad. Where's he at? He's probably off, you know, doing this and that. But no, he's he's at work. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. You know, so you you have to get into their world and mm -hmm. and like in a minute. And we're not built like that. <laughs> you guys, all three of you, talked about this loneliness and this idea that. Um, you, you felt alone, and I realized that you're, you, when you, uh, Kimberly, when you described being in the emergency room, your cell phone was dead. Nobody could contact you. Mm. Uh, and then you guys talked about how your mom, some of her friends that she had known for years, weren't contacting her. Some of it, I believe, and you guys are on the other side of it now. But my my guess is that for people who are watching you guys from the outside, when you're going through that, is they're they're afraid, yeah. or they don't know what to say or what to do. Say. Now yeah. that you've been through it, yeah. I realize that you guys, you ladies, needed some kind of support, but then you're, the people you were caring for needed some kind of support too. So if, if we're speaking to people who some of them have um, parents that they're caring for, some of them have friends who are caring for their parents, and some of them are friends of, of people who are being cared for right now. They're not family, but they're friends. What would we say to them to... Like what would help them to take a step or what did you need or what did your parents need um, that we could tell people that, hey, today, if you know someone, do this? You know, it wasn't necessarily that we needed anything because people would ask, do you need anything? And we would say company. Yeah. It was that just be there, mm -hmm. you know, just come by and, and say hello. We don't need you to sit while we go grocery shopping. We could do that for each other. But um, just come and, and have a body. That's, and I'd that's say different send them a card also. Yeah. You know, mom likes to read cards. cards. They like to read cards. And that's so that's such a small thing. Yeah. And I think maybe Kevin did. Uh, people are afraid what, to jump they in are. or ask for help, and they think, "Oh, I don't know what to do," or they think it's some big thing. But that is such a just be there or send a card or just mm -hmm. a a reminder that 
that they're there and that they're, they're thinking of you. That is a small And cookies thing. are good. Send them, <laughs> send them mail once in a while because, you know, that sometimes <laughs> I, I didn't have time to cook. Yeah. Because when you've got somebody following you 24-7 and uh, you're trying to be in the kitchen, she'd want to get in the kitchen and help too. And two women in one kitchen doesn't work. <laughs> as, as a, yeah, I'd have know. to be the distractor a lot of times to <laughs> yeah, get Kathy mom out of the stay. kitchen. So one of the things I hear though is if, if you like if your mom liked cards to discover that or to know that, right? Then you could go to other people and say, hey, one thing you could do for mom is just write her write her a card because mm -hmm. anybody could do that to her right. or for her, and that would have been beneficial. Figuring out what the one you're caring for, what a love language is for them, that people can participate in and just help them feel loved would be one thing. Kimberly, what about you? Anything in, in particular that stands out that you would say to people who have friends or? Um, have parents that they're caring for or have friends that are caring for their parents? Um, I would just say communicating with them. Like I had friends that I could text. I had one good friend that she was in the same boat. So we would text each other and, you know, laughing is the way I cope with things. Yes. So I could tell her, oh my goodness, my father-in-law had on my mother-in-law's bedazzled jeans and she wasn't <laughs> like judging. I mean, yeah. she was just, she would say, well, my mom did this or this, you know, so just having that camaraderie, but just no judgment. Yeah. I think it's one thing. That's good. I constantly felt like everybody was looking. Everybody knew more than we did. And some people tried to tell us how to, what we should be doing. Um, but that wasn't helpful. Mm -hmm. right. um, so just listening, being there to listen, yeah. you know, and not, I mean, I, I know that moms feel so guilty with their children and I can only relate it to the same way. Yeah. No matter what decisions you make, I would feel guilty. Like, well, was that the right thing or, you know? Um, so yeah. just no judgment, just yeah. being that person that you can vent to, or even just not talk about it at all. You know, right. just talk about something completely different. Yeah. Uh, when you said the word guilt, uh, Connie, you shook your head. Yes. Do you think that's a common feeling for caregivers? I'm still working through the guilt. Mm -hmm. Really? I'm still working through the guilt. Mm. Like, talk about that. Like, you could have done more, should have done more. What, 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 what do you think is the source of that? Um, I know I did the best I could. Yeah. But I did. I and then the guilt of you know, did you do enough? Yeah. Is there more I could have done? Yeah. Should I? Should I? Should I? Should I? Mm -hmm. Well, and the Just, reason I asked you that is because my husband uh, cared for his mother, who uh, died of a glioblastoma. Uh, she had a brain tumor and. It took took away her ability to speak, her ability to walk. Uh, so we we cared for her. Uh, she was in a facility, but just right across the street, so we could check on her. Um, but he he still struggles with that. And I watched him. I mean, he did everything. You know, my husband doesn't do anything halfway. And so if, if you know him, he he goes above and beyond. And he he still you know he still deals with that too. So I wonder if that's kind of a universal universal thing. Kimberly, have you, is that, is that something you struggle with? Yes. Um, when we first moved my in-laws into memory care, um, my father-in-law obviously needed more care than my mother-in-law, yeah. but I really truly thought she would benefit from it because she would be in a community. There would be activities, right? She would have that social aspect because she was still very much able to participate in those kind of things, mm. but she didn't. She became extremely depressed mm. and cried all the time. Mm. So every time I would go, because I thought, well, I could go pick her up, take her to dinner, take her to get her hair done. But she would cry all the time and she would have these panic type um, episodes. And so we couldn't even take her 
anywhere. And so, yeah, I would go and visit her and sit with her and I would play. I would have lunch with her and then take her back to her room and play some hymns and just sit there with her until she fell asleep. Yeah. And then I would just leave and go get in the car and cry and think Mm. this is not how it was supposed to be. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Wow. And and I don't know how you did it by yourself. We were lucky to, if she needed a vacation, I stayed. When I went on vacation, she stayed. We had, we co-parented. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, we call it co-parenting. Yeah. yeah. Well, and Kimberly, you also yeah. had your your father-in-law and your mother-in-law. Yeah, you had did two. they both yes. have Alzheimer's? They did. Wow. His was more severe than hers. Yeah. Um, but they both did have Alzheimer's. Yeah. Okay. So talk about too the we we talked about this a little bit before the podcast. Um, but Alzheimer's and dementia are they the same thing or are they different? Dementia can have different causes. Um, Alzheimer's can be a cause of dementia, like Connie mentioned, vascular. What is what was it you said your mom had? Vascular dementia. Mm-hmm. Vascular dementia. There's Lewy body dementia. Um, Parkinson's can cause dementia. So there's frontal lobal. Yeah, there's different mm-hmm. causes of dementia. Okay. And dementia is a symptom. Dementia is like the umbrella. Gotcha. Like cancer. Like you've got cancer and then you have different types of cancer. Mm-hmm. You, it's all dementia, but it's different types of dementia, mm-hmm. like the Alzheimer's and the Lewy body. Mm-hmm. With cancer, you've got you know, bone cancer, breast cancer. And everybody's different. Yeah. Everybody's mm-hmm. is different. They, yeah. You don't treat them the same mm-hmm. um, because mm-hmm. they are so different. And there can be other accompanying symptoms. Like with Parkinson's, you, you may have the tremors and the loss of mobility or Lewy body also has more physical Um, symptoms that manifest along with the dementia. I would imagine that at some point, at many points during this caregiving journey for all of you, that you thought, how can I continue to do this? I've reached the end of myself. Talk about that. And what was it in your faith, in your walk with Jesus? what, What was it that kept you going? A scripture, a song, a verse, you know, Ruth, a time such as this, God knew this day was coming mm. when it started. And years before when our dad was dying of cancer was really when we really started our role of getting into the starting of caregiving. And mm. with our mom, it was just, that's your mom. Mm. Just You take care of her. That's just what you do. And you think of Ruth and Naomi mm. in situations like that. And um, God, mm. you can't get through it without God, you know. Mm. Every day, every minute, every second. It's your only way to yeah. get through it. Yeah. Because he's there for you. Yeah. You can't do it on your own. That's right. I don't know how you do. No, like you I can't. I mean, yeah. Mm-mm. Well, mom would say, my children shouldn't have to do this. She, in the beginning, she knew. You know, mm-hmm. she knew that she was like in the middle. She didn't not know and, and she did know. But she, um, you shouldn't have to do this. I'm like, Mom, God has been preparing us for this every day of our life. Mm-hmm. He has prepared us for this moment. We mm-hmm. are to honor you. Yeah. And God would get mad at us if we didn't do this. <laughs> if we had to tell her that. So, you know, we <laughs> had, oh, I'm not getting mom, get, mom get mad at me. <laughs> but it, yeah. it was hard, but it was a blessing. I wouldn't trade anything yeah. for it. Um, That's awesome. Kim was talking about her mother in law getting depressed. I Last year, I had to go on high blood pressure medicine, antidepressants, and anxiety medicine. And um, all last year, you know, Mm -hmm. this was, and then she passed this year. But um, I cried all the time. Mm -hmm. I would would get in the shower. The shower was like sometimes my only respite. Yeah. 
and that's where I did all my praying and um, crying. Mm-hmm. And I just, I, I cried a lot and I, and I couldn't cry in her. Sometimes I just have to walk away and I just go cry all the time. Yeah. It was horrible. I've never had depression like that. Mm-hmm. So we talked about, and obviously this was a challenge and, and what, what were some of the positive things? What was, what were some of the most rewarding things, maybe surprising that you did not expect out of caregiving? Um, I had talked about just some of the little God winks right. that I had, and there were so many of those. Yeah. Um, I love that. When my father-in-law would have lucid moments or anytime I walked into that memory care center, he would see me across the room and his face would just light up. Mm. Now he had no idea who I was in relation to him, yeah. but he knew that I was his buddy. Mm. Um, and my husband Todd would joke that, yeah, daddy likes Kimberly more than me. And <laughs> I mean, it just got to be that point. And I didn't know, I mean, I loved my in-laws. I'd always had a good relationship with them, but I sure. had no idea how much my love could grow for them wow. um, and just become protective of them and their needs because I was their advocate. Like I remember uh, my father-in-law went by the name Mitchell, mm-hmm. but his first name was Robert. And at the nursing home, they would call him Robert, and he would not reply to them. Mm-hmm. And they would say, well, poor guy, he doesn't even know his name anymore. And I'm like, you're not <laughs> you're calling call him his <laughs> name. Um, so, you know, just things like that where I just felt like I was their defender. Yeah. Um, and I still have a voicemail from my mother-in-law because she would call me, like you were saying, Kathy, just those questions over and over and over, many, many times a day, the same questions. Um, but then in their in amidst all these many questions where she kept asking me about a sweet potato souffle one day, nonstop, then she left me a voicemail just thanking me. And she was crying and she was thanking me and just telling me how proud she was that I was her daughter-in-law and that she loved me. And just, you know, those kind of things make it all worthwhile. And those are just priceless for sure. And um, I know that Kevin knows this because he knew my mom, but my mom passed away from breast cancer Mm. um, at age 60, and it was after a brief illness, and then she passed unexpectedly in her sleep. So a part of me just felt like I never was able to care for my own mother. Mm. So to care for my mother-in-law and father-in-law was an honor to me um, to be able to do that for them. That's great. That's good. So... I, you mentioned this. I've known Kimberly and Todd for a long time, yes. longer than we've all been married. Um, and I've also known Connie and Kathy for a whole, for a long time. Um, and what, you know, this is a heavy, heavy yeah. topic, obviously. Um, but you, if you're listening, these three ladies in here, there's a ton of joy yeah, um, and just a lot of fun. We laugh a lot together. Um, it's a heavy subject, but Connie and Kathy are like in student ministry for years. They're, they're the ones that would I would get in trouble and have to report to the pastor because of they were leaders and they were always causing trouble. So there's a ton of life and a ton of fun. Same thing with Kimberly and Todd. We went on lots of retreats together and did all sorts of fun things together cool. um, over the years. So what what I see, like with, as you hear this heavy topic and you hear um, some of this pain and what they've gone through and these feelings of aloneness, I know because I see them now that God has been super faithful to you ladies. Yes. And so yes. if you could remind us of a couple things, maybe each yeah. that what, what did God teach you? What did he remind you about himself as you were going through this? That you can look back now and say it was hard then, but here's one of the things that God reminded me about himself. Um, I would just say that he is faithful. 
-hmm. whether in the big things, um, the big decisions that we were having to make, or even just the little things and that he cares. Like I could come to him and that at two o'clock in the morning, a nurse is going to bring me a sack lunch. I mean, or he's going to help me decide where to place both of my in-laws. I mean, it was just, he was faithful. Yeah. That's hard to recognize in the moment too. Like you look back now and you, so maybe they're looking for those if someone's out there listening that's going through something that's looking for those God winks. Yes. Yeah. And what are some ways, you ladies, that God showed you that he was still there um, and just reminded you some things about himself? Well, you're reminded that God cares about the small things. You know, when you're going through big, big things in your life and big trials, it's the little small things where you see God show up in. And, and when something is serious, like you said, Something funny will happen. Mama would pull a biscuit out of her robe. and <laughs> That story is another day, but I mean, I had to take the biscuit away from her. I didn't know how long it had been in there because I don't cook. <laughs> Biscuits. And she had a biscuit, and it's like, you can't eat that. And she looked, why? You know, so God has humor. Yeah. You know, yes. he knows when you're just down and out, he's there. You know, he shows up in the big but he's there in the small, the little small. It's like God cares you know, mm. about the small things. It doesn't have to be big and serious all the time. That's, that's he's loving. Mm-hmm. He's a good, a yeah. good dad. He's a good father. Yes. He's a good <laughs> father. Yes. Mm. Yeah, the sense of humor. Um, well, and that's, that, yeah. That can, mom had. Question, y'all, even, got, y'all came by it, honestly. Well, <laughs> even even in her Alzheimer's, she she would crack us up. Yeah. I mean, her and I would do facials at night, and we'd laugh at each other. And, um she just her sense of humor and and too that God carried us through a lot of this a lot of this I couldn't have, I couldn't have done I mean there's yeah. some moments where you just and God put doctors in our paths you know and, and healthcare workers that were spot on she was in the hospital mm-hmm. and they couldn't find any couldn't find it and, and a PA came in and and told us exactly what was wrong with her so she got treatment for that but God just he was always there yeah. And I, I I can't imagine doing it without him. I was praising God when mom died. I was yeah. standing in the window yeah. with my hands lifted singing. Remember dancing. the song we were singing? The blessing. The blessing. Wow. The Lord bless you and keep you. you. Yeah. We were and singing that. It was just, the window. it's all about Jesus. Yeah. You yeah. know, it was him and his love, his mercy. He prayed for God. And to he give us the right spouses, all of us, you know. Yeah. Because that's very important, too, to have that support from from yeah. your spouse. Well, and that's, uh, the, we wanted to kind of ask and, and talk about that. How, um, how did you see this um, affect your relationships? Maybe, you know, did, I'm sure it, at times it could have been stressful, but positively, did you see this have a positive effect on your relationship? I did. Yeah, I yes. did. Um, I, I think another it's... God wink was my husband. Um, he had gotten a new job in April he didn't go to work till August mm-hmm. and he still got paid. So he was home with us through all of that, wow. you know, through the end. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that was God. Yeah. But it, I could lean on him mm-hmm. when Kathy wasn't there. I, mm-hmm. I knew I could trust him with mom to go do something. One night I was here at church and came home and, and my husband said, your mom's been talking about this strange man here all night. And when you got home, I realized she's talking about me. <laughs> I left her with some strange man. Yeah, that's great. And it strengthened our brother. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He lives in Alabama, but he called every single day. Mm-hmm. Every day. For years. Yeah. 
it definitely um, brought us closer. Yeah. Because we were having to rely on each other. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, mm-hmm. we knew it was us yeah. caring for them. So it definitely um, brought us closer. It also, it could have affected us very negatively, right. I think. Sure. Um, because we were spread so thin yeah. that we did have a tendency to be easily irritated when we were together. Right. Um, so, yeah, it, but I think it brought us closer and just not to brag on myself, but just for my husband to see me mm-hmm. caring for his parents yeah. just did something to him. That's awesome. Um, yeah. And you did it with small children at home. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I was going to say too, with, when my husband was caring for his mother, for my kids to see that, um, I think that that was important for them. One, it helps, you know, kids were, you know, kids are self-centered and, and that's how they are. But to realize that the world does not revolve around them and to see that side of their dad taking care of their mom just was really special. It was really sweet. Um, so, so I remember in, in, a, in an odd way being thankful that my kids could see that. So, yeah, that happened. Um, Kevin may remember. Kathy had, I was, the, my first caregiving job was with Kathy. Mm. She had breast cancer at age 36. Oh, wow. And she had two small children at home. Yeah. And I would take Kathy to all her appointments and, and stay there a lot. And her children, I think, saw that to be able to, for me to be able to come in and, and, and do that and, and be mm-hmm. with them too, it, it just yeah. really and opened their, they, they couldn't really deal with it yet, but right. But, but like they knew that it was being taken care of. Showing that example that this is what family does, mm-hmm. you know, that's great. So talking about community, um, t- you obviously, I, I, this, the, the point of this, um, this podcast is to highlight, uh, Kimberly, you lead a small group now. For yes. caregivers, mm-hmm. um, and Connie, you led one at 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 one point during COVID. During COVID, online, mm-hmm. uh, which is awesome because a lot of times caregivers can't, caregivers can't leave. Yeah, they can't leave, and Usually, so especially with Alzheimer's, you can't you can't just get up and go. Right. So talk about that journey that inspired you as a caregiver to now lead groups for other caregivers and the power of community. Uh, well, for me. We were just so blind as to what choices and decisions to even make. Um, so I immediately, I'm a researcher. I'm a, you know, that kind of personality. So I started looking and my husband and I actually went to a series of classes at another church um, and we made some connections there. And so that was so helpful to us as we were going through that journey. And I had looked for ongoing support, but it was either not local or not at a time when I could go. Um, So now that that season of caregiving is behind us, I just wanted it not to be wasted. Yeah. Um, And I wanted to be able to pour into others because I joke that we went through the whole gamut. I mean, like Mm -hmm. we had to deal with law enforcement, attorneys, nurses, financial, like all the things. Um, Mm -hmm. And so surely some of that could help benefit somebody else. Um, And even as far as I know, my season was different than Kathy and Connie because I still had children in the home and it greatly affected them. Um, So just if any of that could support and encourage somebody else or even just comparing symptoms, I remember my friend's mom didn't recognize her reflection anymore. And when she mentioned that, I said, 
oh, that's what my father-in-law is doing. Because I would hear him go in the bathroom and start yelling, mm. what are you doing in here? Get out of here. And I would think, who is he talking to? But he didn't recognize his reflection. Wow. So mm. when he would see that, he thought there was a strange man in the bathroom. Yeah. Wow. But I would not have known that was even a thing associated with it unless somebody else had mentioned that. So, wow. So, Connie, you uh, talk about a little bit of your experience with the online group that you that you hosted. Well, I remember saying that there needs to be some kind of group yeah. um, for caregivers and also for the people that they're caring for, mm. if they're in any shape to mm. where they could go to their own group. Because my mother wanted to talk about how she felt, too. Yeah. We would take her to her, her girlfriend Patty's house sometimes, and she first thing she would say, I'm so glad to be away from those girls. <laughs> you know? and, and she meant it. And she meant it. <laughs> but, you know, you go to being the boss. Yeah. You go to being the mom instead of the, the child. So right. I was talking to Aaron about it. I'm like, Aaron, we need a group here with the, the, uh, the care, the, I don't, I don't want to call them patients, but that the loved ones can come to yeah. and yeah. that we can go to too. So it's like, you know, let's do Zoom. I think mm -hmm. you were the one that taught me into it. Actually, let's do a Zoom one. And, and it worked out okay. I had a few friends that were in the same situation at the time that joined us. And then we had a few that came out. But it was, um, it's a hard journey. It's mm -hmm. hard to, in, in, in the dementia group, you can't just get away. Yeah. You know, and even if you take them somewhere, sometimes it's an hour to get out the door yeah. or more. And then you get there and they're ready to go home. Mm. So it, it was just convenient. You yeah. don't have to leave your home. I love it. Um, you know, you can stay right there. In fact, I wouldn't really mind doing it again. Yeah, just, yeah. Just if there to was the connect need. with people that yeah. can't leave. Yeah. yeah. The the whole reason for it, though, you remember at church, those uh, the high school students had life hurts, God heals. Yeah. That sums it all up. Mm -hmm. Life hurts, but God heals, mm -hmm. and God doesn't waste a hurt. Mm -hmm. He doesn't waste a hurt. He doesn't no. like He knows what you guys have been through and what you've walked through, and He's faithful. Mm -hmm. And for people who are walking through it now and that they feel alone, like you guys described, yeah, you're not alone. Yeah. Um, and then there are other people, some ladies, some incredible ladies sitting right here with us that have been through it. Um, but there's a whole lot of other people who have, you're not alone. Yeah. And if we can help people get together and, yeah. and have that and be able to support each other and learn from each other, that's a great thing. Yeah. Just, uh, little side note, while we were talking about this, you know, we should do a podcast on caregiving. Um, and highlight the groups that, that do this. And just within that time, we've heard, we've gotten prayer requests, several prayer mm -hmm. requests about people in our church who are in that stage caregiving uh, for their, you know, giving care for their parents. And so it is a need. And I do think there is that sense of, am I the only one? Am I alone in this? So you're not alone. As Pastor Kevin said, uh, there are groups and we wanted to highlight what these groups do and that they're here. They uh, are creating community and support. And so thank y'all for doing that. Yeah, thank thank you. you for for being willing to serve in in an area where uh, it came from a need for that, that you had um, and now giving that support to others. So thank y'all. Thank you. Yeah, we Thanks. appreciate it. So let me, let me close this in prayer yeah. and I uh, appreciate you guys being here. And, and for those of you who are listening, let me pray this over you. This is number six. 24 through 26, and we just said it. It's a song that we sing, but it comes right out of Scripture. And it says, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Amen.
And we will have the notes, we'll have the links to uh, Kimberly's group in the in the show notes there in the, for the podcast episode. Uh, if you have any questions or uh, you have any uh, interest at all in leading a group like this or attending a group, please feel free to reach out to us at Beyond Sunday at BethlehemChurch.us. We are here for you guys. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you all next time.